Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd with the How to Live Podcast Uncut. Today I'm here with... uh, Stephen James, who is the executive director for Sage Hill Counseling, and he and I have written a book called Hope in the Age of Addiction, which we believe is very important, not just for the time we live in, but for the times we have lived in. So we have a series of podcasts we're going to be presenting, so um, hope you enjoy them and benefit from them. Thank you. Hey, Chip. Hey, Stephen. Wow, this is I'm the, glad we're back. I'm glad we're back, too. Yeah. Uh, the next next. This is the fourth uh, installment Mm -hmm. in our special addiction series, Hope in the Age of Addiction, which is based on our new book, Hope in the Age of Addiction. And and it's it's uh, it's it's a deep dive a little bit, but it's it's not a great deep dive that keeps going down, down, down. It is it is a. It's like we're looking at different facets of addiction. Yes, like different components, and focused over and over and over again on the daring to hope in the solution. We speak to the solution over and over and over again as we present the problem. So the word addiction, like the Latin root word, Mm -hmm. means to be devoted to or give oneself over to something completely. Mm -hmm. It it comes from the Latin word atticus, which means to sacrifice, sell out, betray, and abandon. Yeah. Right? So at first, it sounds like a sacrament that to give yourself or abandon yourself to something completely, which is like the ultimate like sort of like surrender to God, you know, like to render over to God. Yeah. It sounds almost religious in its tone, doesn't it? Ugh. And addiction in so many ways, like an affair, an affair is an is a, a is an illegitimate attempt, illegitimate attempt to get legitimate needs met. So this addiction, it's like weeds grow next to the real thing. Addiction uses how we're made, a hunger to devote ourselves and give ourselves over to something completely that matters as much or more than life, right? Right. So addiction takes advantage of how we're created. Mm. And so it's 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 slavery. It's slavery. It means like enslaved, right? It it, it ultimately means we've given ourselves we've sold ourselves to this thing yes. and it owns us now. Yes. Right? So we become yeah. its slave, we become its tool to its means, yes. right? And, and do do what it says or else. Yeah, and and experience some just, serious it, pain. It's, it's like right now, this moment, the here and now moment, I'm struck by the idea when when what when the the powers that be, like the smart people, when they were trying to think of a word to describe this process, this thing, yeah, like they chose the word addiction. It's a great, it's a great word. Yeah, it's not a scientific word; no. it's a philosophical word. Yeah, exactly. And its roots go way, way back. Which means that we kind of had a, some clarity way, way back, way, way back about this thing. Um, so we we talk in the book that there's that there's three main components to addiction, and this is what makes dealing with addiction so hard, right? Because it doesn't just work on one level, mm-mm, right? Mm-mm. Uh, it's not just an emotional and spiritual issue. Right. It's not just a psychological issue, right. and it's not just a physical issue. Right? Yes. There's, there, but but it addiction becomes a part of all three of those components of yes, of, like our physiology, yes, our psychology, and our emotional and spiritual yes. makeup. And as you step into that, 
uh, let us, uh, the reader, just a global statement that addiction ultimately is, it, it's an impaired attempt to find the lives we're made to have. Okay. We're created a certain way, created to find fulfillment without having to pay the price of feeling fully. Okay. That's a, that's the global and that affects everything. Yeah. Right. And very quickly, as you step into it, when we come back into and get recovery, it's amazing that the one place we're trying to get away from is the place addiction can't get to. Addiction can destroy everything in our lives except how ultimately we're created in heart. Mm -hmm. So it numbs the heart, anesthetizes the heart, uh, makes us have contempt towards our hearts. Because our heart can't stop beating. Yeah. Can't stop wanting. Can't stop hoping. Yeah. Can't stop. But it never can get rid of it. So it's amazing. It will attack everything except, I think, ultimately, we call the Imago Dei. It cannot yeah. overcome the image of the God. Image of God. Yeah. Well, it, so unlike cancer, that's just physiological, right? Or just like, or or unlike mental illness like schizophrenia, right? Which yeah. is just psychological, right? With physi physiological too. Yeah, physiological. Right? It's physiological. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like addiction is physiological. Yeah. It is psychological, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And we'll talk about what psychology is. Yeah. And it is emotional and spiritual. Yes. And we, we I think, wisely separate psychology from emotional and spiritual makeup. Those are separate yes. things. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's it, it's hard to tease apart, but well, it's also hard to tease apart physiology, right? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Right. You yeah, know, because now more than ever before, we're we're beginning to associate feelings with chemistry only, which is a big mistake again. Big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, but they have neurochemical signatures in them. And yeah. I can create feelings in you by giving you drugs. Yes. Right. So so the 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 humans, we can't think we, we like to think of things very cleanly, but how the world works is things are so interconnected. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we um, can talk, we can break it apart temporarily, but really it's a moving kaleidoscope. Yeah. It, that's of everything working yeah. at the same time. But we can, to we treat can stop addiction, for a to deal, addiction, deal with addiction, you have to address it physiologically. Yep. You have to address it psychologically yep. and you have to address it emotionally and spiritually. Yes. And any solution that doesn't go after all three of those is not an effective solution. Amen. If you address it only psychologically, then you're only going to give yourself more rationale to use when you can't handle things emotionally. If you address it only physically, you do withdrawal for the person or you protect the person from withdrawing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, uh, and as soon as they do withdraw, they have to address the psychology and the emotion. Mm -hmm. If you only dress, address it as emotional, people can feel all kinds of feelings, but until they stop the thing that stops them from feeling, the, yeah. the, the place to run away, they never develop you resilience. You could be a very self-enlightened heroin addict. Huge. <laughs> you could be like a, the Buddha of enlightenment yeah. and still just shoot up when you're talking. Yeah, yeah, if things get hard enough. See, people, addicts are extremely tough people. Yes. Because they, they fight Stephen, there's this amazing story. Let me tell a quick story about the power, the physiolo physiology, psychology, and emotionality. Okay. okay. It's astounding. What it, addiction, it takes away creation from itself, what it's made to do, and uses what it's made to do against itself. Okay? Sounds real weird at first. 
But Sonia is, uh, who I'm married to, Sonia is like an amateur horticulturalist, right? She's a naturalist. So we had this plant called a moon plant that was growing out by this fountain we had. And the moon plant's gorgeous, these beautiful, big, giant white blooms open at night. They're almost, they're like phosphorescent. Wow. Daytime, they close. So they blooms at night. So wow. it's called a moon plant. And you can see it in the dark. I mean, it's like a, wow. like, you know, a watch yeah. that shines in the dark. Um, so she goes out and she's watering this gorgeous, unique plant. And she sees these gigantic caterpillars on it. I mean, they're like, like three inches like long and big fat green and they're on the leaves. And she tells well she yeah, she tells me about it. She says, I'm gonna put a net over the moon plant and watch them grow. I want to find out what they're gonna turn into. And I'm thinking, you're gonna destroy your moon plant? Yes, it's research, right? <laughs> so so she starts doing research and then she watches them and she she takes me out and says, look what's look what's happened. And there are Little white feathers growing out of the backs of these caterpillars. One of them had, she does a count. She's got a little notebook and she's doing count. One of them had 31, one of them had eight, one of them had 12. There were five of them. One of them had 14, one of them had like six. Little white feathers, you could blow on the feathers and they would like wave in the the the, the breath, the wind, right? So like, we're watching this activity going on and they're eating and it, the moon plant's being destroyed. And the leaves are disappearing and the blooms are gone and research is going on. And so she finally finds what they are through her research. And they're this caterpillar um, that becomes a certain kind of moth, right? Some kind of interesting moth. But the white feathers, it turns out, are where wasps land on the backs of the caterpillars and inject their larva eggs, eggs into the caterpillar's guts. And then when the the eggs open, explode into larva, the larva eat the guts of the caterpillar and break themselves out and then fly away in their cycle, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going out. <laughs> right. horrific story. I, I know, I know. It's addiction. And so I'm like, I go out to save the caterpillars, <laughs> pretend, pretend like I'm saving the caterpillars. So I reach towards the caterpillar to save the caterpillar, to remove the wasp. They fight like crazy. They're gnawing and chewing at me. They're snapping at me and spitting brown spit. I'm making all this <laughs> yeah. up. But they, 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 I found out they had giant teeth. <laughs> you know, it's like little but, caterpillar teeth. Yeah, little but caterpillar, caterpillar teeth. They're yeah. big. But I knocked them off and I put them in a like a paper bag and um, uh, burned them. Because I'm thinking, I'm going to kill these wasps. Good night, boys and girls. <laughs> I hope your children are listening to this. But I've never seen a clearer expression of what addiction does. Mm. We will fight to avoid the physiological experience of what's happened to us. I mean, it's a sickness, Stephen. I, I, I know we live in a society that thinks we're more powerful than we are. But this is a sickness like cancer, more akin to diabetes. You don't cause it. You're susceptible to it. You don't make it happen, but the things you do make it happen, right? Yeah. So these caterpillars weren't saying, you know, I'm going to eat a moon plant and have some wasp and and have my guts eaten out. But but when I reached for them psychologically, they were defending themselves mm-hmm. from an intruder, something that was going to take them away from their food source, what they were doing, not realizing that their food source was inside them, eating them alive already. Yeah. 
I mean, you mean physiologically they were defending themselves? Well, psychologically they saw an intruder, so they they psychologically they're like, using as a metaphor now. Yeah, keep, yeah, metaphor, no, no, yeah. Catfish don't think any more than slugs <laughs> say, "Come join me in a geranium, <laughs> a geranium eating <laughs> meal." You know, so that's crazy. But then also they were they were trying to keep doing what they're created to do to find fulfillment, emotional and spiritual quote fulfillment, fit their place in the universe. So I know that's ridiculous, but that's addiction. It is. Addiction. We will fight off an intruder that is going to threaten to take away the thing that gives me illusion of a cure yeah. or escape. Well, and what we've learned through neurochemistry and advances in neuro- neuroscience most in most recent years is that it, our our brains, when we experience shame, humiliation, rejections, like shame and loneliness, yeah. right? Fear, there's really three strong emotions. Are we begin to hunt on a non-thinking level, yeah. right? On a brainstem level, like a pure animal level. Yeah, limbic we begin level. to mm-hmm. even below limbic. Yeah, we mm-hmm. begin to hunt for relief. Yes, and so when we're in shame, when we're in loneliness, when we're in fear, especially when, if we're in all three, if we've been abandoned, betrayed, abused, neglected, mm-hmm. we're in all three, and we find something that creates a sense of. Uh, Relief. Yep. Right. Our the organ of the physiology of the brain says, Oh, that's wonderful. That works. That worked. And it's because it's a animal function at that point, not a not just a human function. It's only animal function phys- like physiologically, we're just animals. Right? Physiologically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so, we're, we're mammals. Yeah, we're mammals. Old mammals. And so yeah. you can the 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 brain of a rat and the brain of a human from a from a addiction standpoint are very similar. If you're putting me in distress and you give me something that relieves me from distress, I'm going to start looking for that thing, hunting for that thing in a, in a way that becomes almost preoccupation. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, in this way, like we talk about being physiological it affects the brain. It's not a thinking problem. Like thinking's a function of the mind, not the brain. Yes. Right. Yeah. Pre- like, like like frontal lobe working. Yeah. Executive addiction function. is working on even a below limbic level. It's on a brainstem level yes. that affects the limbic level. Yeah. Which then colors how we think. Yes. Right. And 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 you 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 go back and you you all, all, everyone out there who's in recovery from addiction or in your addiction in this moment, you remember your first use. The first time, uh, you know, you've heard kids talk, the first time they saw pornography, the electric, the electrodes of the brain exploded all over the place. First time a person got high, used. First time a person had alcohol and it, it did what it did. First time a codependent helps someone else feel yes, better. Yes, it, 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 yeah. it, it, it creates an uh, 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 ecstatic slash euphoric slash electric moment. And what's amazing is that often is, is as high as you're ever going to get. Yeah. So what's so amazing is that the addiction, it's in pursuit of that experience over and over and over again. The more you do it, the less you get it. Yeah. So you have increased tolerance. Yeah. So it's doomsday, but you can't stop it. And that's the proof of addiction. Yeah, that is, that is scientific the, fact. Absolutely. So the smartest people in the world aren't smart enough to stop it. That's that executive functioning, just telling right. yourself. Willpower, that sheer determined biological, sheer mental determination won't stop it because- Willpower works on addiction like it works on diarrhea. I mean, it's it's not a, so does a, thinking. It's exactly yeah. it's not. I determined not to let my body work. 
And, and so, and it's not ultimately, Stephen, I know that there's a great deal of harm, immoral, sinful things happen in addiction, but it's not a moral problem because your morality and your perfectionism and your, even your prayers to God don't stop it. So what's amazing, like just God stop this thing. God, please stop this thing. When the God may be guiding you towards a solution, but, but your, your own moral compunction, your determination, your intellect, doesn't stop it. Now that's proof of addiction. Well, and and like the the neuropathways, the neurons that are formed, to the degree we've been relieved from shame and abandonment, yeah, and and brought to security, yes, the feeling of security, yeah. The sheathing around those neurons is actually tougher. Like it, those neurons are more durable yeah. than other neurons. Yes, we're fixed. Right. So if if I turn to and I find that relief in love and acceptance. And community and belonging and mattering yeah. and family. Yeah. Like if if I find it there, my brain will go, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. If I find it in a bag of potato chips, right, or a line of cocaine brain goes. or in a codependent behavior, my brain goes, yes, yes, yes. yes. Right? It, it yeah. does not discriminate. And the first one is not, slower. Is, is not as good as the second one. It's not as easy. Yes, it, exactly. It's it, And so we, and the brain says it's not as good. Because the brain, in terms of what you're talking about physiology, is only measuring pleasure. Yeah. And it's the, the adverse of pain. Yeah. It's, it's the relational, yeah. The relational world is, is you find out you, you live euphoria by bearing life well, which yeah. means knowing what to do with all the great struggles. Well, let's, let's talk about the psychological component of addiction. Okay. Yeah. For a second. So I define psychology as like how I make meaning. In the world, yeah, right. So there's uh-huh. an emotional, spiritual makeup of me is not my psychology. And by meaning, you mean to like how many things make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I've got stories I walk around with my perception. So from yeah. before I was thinking, I was experiencing, mm-hmm. and I started doing uh, relational math and narrative. Like started writing stories to make sense of the world inside of me, mm-hmm. and then I start only seeing the world through my own lens, mm-hmm. right? And then I develop a style of relationship, right, that reinforces. That lens, yeah. right? So that mm-hmm. lens of how I interpret the world is yeah. my psychology. Yeah. And that ends up creating a thing called, if left alone unto itself without emotional attachment, creates the thing called ego. Yes. Yeah. 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 The ego, that the self as I perceive me and want to be perceived. Yes. Yeah. 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 False self or outer self. It can or, be that. Yeah. 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 We're, we're using the word ego like in the classic sense, not the cultural sense of like ego being like, yeah. like he's egotistical. We're talking about... Like it's a, yeah, it's the, a, the thing that if it's not connected to the heart, the emotions, is the easing God out. It's the attempt to find my fulfillment through my performance, ultimately, the meaning-making mechanism. Mm. So are we make meaning based on our experiences, based on our beliefs, based on our values, and based on kind of our culture, mm-hmm. which could be the, the city, country we live. It's also the family we live in, yeah. right? All like We don't shape our own psychology. We're not self-made. Right, we're yeah. we're how we see and experience and know the world yeah. is shaped by where, where we live and yeah. see and know things from. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, culture is a psychological. Yeah, culture yeah. is psychological. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it can be a cult. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> like the yeah. cult of addiction. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, it, but but this leads almost immediately into the emotional spiritual, right? And in the. I get frustrated sometimes, you know, in, in the world of counseling and psychology around how psychology and now neuroscience, which is the new psychology, right? Old psychology used to be more philosophical and yeah. more, more spiritual. New psychology is more medical, right? Yeah. But 
none of them really account for how we're actually created as emotional and spiritual. Hey, man. They, it's, they it's, think that's the primary root. But yeah. The primary root is actually we're made a certain way. And you even remember the big, giant psychological movement, which we considered to be the, <clears throat> the big improvement, the body-mind. Uh, what was the body-mind yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Dualistic mind. Yeah. yeah. I remember going to a conference, and, and this was the, you know, the proof that you know, uh, uh, prayer affects uh, cancer patients, right. and did uh, different groups and so on. It was the beginning of the mindfulness stuff. Yeah. yeah, but the guy that was training, he's a Harvard guy. He, when it came to emotion, he said, "Garbage in, garbage out," as a mind-body thing. So the mind was in control and was used to negate feelings as just simply garbage. Mm. Uh, unreality. Yeah. Uh, uh, we humans humans psychologically keep trying to create systems, right? Theologies, philosophies, doctrines, dogmas that can account for like the possibility of the human experience that's not painful. Yes, and, not and to avoid powerlessness and, and avoid the sense of <laughs> powerlessness, right? Yeah. And so by being so, really, you know, as we taught the the way Which I would that, love to avoid too, right? Yeah. <laughs> So the you know so addictions neuro, neuro, it's physiological it's psychological and that we end up being the center of our own world yeah. like an addiction right it infects our psychology and but it's also emotional and spiritual because it gives us a false sense of like euphoria or well being you know yes um, that that power it, we're, control we're, it gives us a sense of having power in a world that we're powerless over. Yeah, it gives us a sense of having security in a world that is not necessarily secure right. Yeah. Um, and it, the solution becomes learning to feel your feelings, tell the truth, and give it over to the process. You know, and yeah. God owns the process, right? Yeah. And so, the as we said at the beginning, any solution to addiction that is not robustly grounded in emotional and spiritual truth, right, it will yeah. always fall short. It will, yeah, because it's a feelings illness. Yeah, it started out as an attempt to to hide from how I'm created, feeling as a feeling creature. And the solution is to to find out what to do with feelings. Can I can I learn to have feelings? Can yeah. I learn to tolerate feelings? Yeah. Can I learn to express them, identify them? Yeah. Like that's a lot of work yeah. of addiction recovery. This super smart guy uh, told me. He said, "You know, we are been we're running from two things." And I I have always said say it like this: that we're born powerless over how we're created. We're created for relationship, and without it, we're not going to find our empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. And we're also born uh, powerless over the world we live in, and yet we find empowerment through fellowship with in relationship. Yet both of those experiences are vulnerable, and we only have resilience mm-hmm. through our vulnerability. But this really smart guy said this, and, and I say smart guy, meaning just that he's educated, like like well, like us, right? <laughs> but he said Copernicus showed us that we're not the center of the universe that that because the solar system on that. Yeah. And then he said And he got put in jail for it. Yes. <laughs> Darwin showed us that we're a part of nature. We don't supersede nature. Freud showed us that there's a lot more going on below reason and that that which is below reason is actually in control of us. Yeah. Over which we're powerless. So and I know that you know that in the early days Copernicus was seen as a heretic, and Darwin. Um, you know, I've got lots of 
struggles with Darwin and also how Darwin got used too yeah. in terms of for, for, for political agendas. Political yeah. agendas. And Freud uh, is just simply brilliant. And I, I get it, didn't do the the whole spiritual thing so well, so as we would think of it. But yeah, he stumbled on some truth. But these and, three yeah. guys introduced us to the need for addiction. I mean, if you if yeah. if you have to be the center of the universe, and if you can't face that you're part of nature, which means that there are influences over you, you've got to face, and that you've got to plummet below your reason to find yourself. Like whoa! Wait, one, and one of the uh, things I reflect on that the, the benefits of Freud is he said we're all not that different. Like we all he was he was pointing at something saying we actually yeah. are all struggling with yeah. the same thing. Yeah. What America did with Freud is uh, it, it got yeah. rid of Freud. Yeah. What he was saying in terms of anxiety. Well, Freud got rid of Freud. <laughs> Freud of, but the anxiety yeah. and 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 tremendous. Uh, anyway, we're off topic here, yeah. but okay. emotions. Well, I think we're on topic in that this thing of addiction has been around for a long, long time. Yes, yes. And, and it, and it, if you can't do powerlessness, yeah. which really means facing how you're made as a creature in need of relationship to be empowered or yeah. strong. Of a world you're not in control of. Yep. So let me read this last, this paragraph from the book and we'll end the podcast here after, after you respond to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, I think you oh, need okay, to respond okay, to it. Okay. Yeah. So God created us to live fully in relationship. Full life cannot be found without God fully in it. We are ashamed of our sensitivity and have contempt for our vulnerability, becoming open again to how we were created and becoming willing to reach toward the connection we are made to have with ourselves, with others, and with God will render us open to the life we're created to live and to the possibility that our understanding of God is controlled by our past experiences mm-hmm. rather than by the true nature of God, which is love. Amen. And you said it earlier, how, how, how? Well, honest, open, willing yeah. defeats E-G-O, easing God out, that the true self is greater than the, the self we manufacture. Yeah. And by being honest, open, and willing, which you said earlier means feel your feelings. And we're talking about the voice of the heart, the eight feelings. Tell the truth about what's happening within you. It actually lowers cortisol. Right. It yeah. actually, it actually stops heart disease. Stress, yeah. yeah. And give it to the process and God owns the process. Give it to the process of how life works. And Stephen, as, as we close, what that does is create the order we're created to live in. The heart is gratified, which the neuroscience scientists call social contentment. Like yeah. I'm joined. The brain is engaged in what it's made to be engaged in, which is expressing the heart. The soul is contented in terms of the direction it's of, of where it's going, and the body is directed. The heart's in charge, mm. and the brain is engaged, and those three things follow the heart. Versus the body lusts because it won't address the heart's cravings. The brain hunts for material to put into the body so that it won't have to have pain. The soul wanders and the heart is just satiated, just shut down, shut up, uh, fed cotton candy to make it numb. So, I mean, literally, uh, to address ourselves as emotional and spiritual creatures is to is to order our lives as we're created to live. The heart gratified, the brain engaged, the soul contented, and and, and the body directed. Meaning, we're in the struggle. It doesn't escape the struggle. You're not going to be a stoic standing on top of a mountain. 
you're going to be a human fully engaged living life. In, in living life. In all of it. Yes, yeah. lo- living fully, loving deeply, and leading well. Thanks, Chip. Thank you, Stephen. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. Bye.